0: You Wala Alihi, Woman Sadri, Mabad. Respected elders, your brothers and sisters, my young friends. Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our creator, our nourisher, our sustainer, our protector And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the final messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my dear brothers and sisters, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept you all safe and well, and that he continues to keep you and your family in his complete protection. I ya rabbal alameen. My brothers and sisters, every day we see headlines about illnesses, particularly, of course, COVID-19, because we happen to be in the middle of a pandemic headlines may be about the number of cases in uh, our city on a particular day in the province uh, about a positive case perhaps at a particular place a school a store and so on which as i said last week should not come as a surprise because subhanallah illness has appeared to have spread uh, so much uh, that it is uh, it shouldn't be a surprise or unexpected to find uh, someone carrying the illness uh, anywhere really Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. But we also find it in the news when a famous person tests positive or contracts any other disease, especially if it's someone with power, perhaps a leader of a country or their family member or a celebrity or some other famous person. And in some cases, especially for those who are at high risk or in high risk groups and who are strongly disliked by the public, you know, they get an illness. And then they are perhaps even hospitalized in some cases perhaps even admitted to the icu to the intensive care unit and subhanallah some people wonder you know if this will be how this person will leave this world have they finally you know reached the end are they finally facing the reckoning in this life for their misdeeds has it finally caught up to them or not so this is a thought maybe perhaps don't really people don't really say it out loud but perhaps this is a thought that comes uh, to, be, to the minds of many. But subhanAllah, we often find that such people who are powerful, who are troublemakers, who are perhaps oppressors, many times we find that they end up making a full recovery. What happens? They end up making a full recovery and they go back to what they were doing before. before. And I think sometimes people wonder, why does that happen? You know, there's so many people who suffer and who succumb To illnesses and to various struggles. Whereas the rich, the powerful, especially if they're wrongdoers, you know, they end up coming back fully recovered, back to what they were doing before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran: Do not think that Allah is unaware of what the wrongdoers do. إِنَّمَا يُأَخِّرُهُمْ لِيَوْمٍ تَشْخَسُ فِيهِ الْأَبَصَارِ He only delays them until a day when their eyes will stare in horror. مُهْتِعِينَ مُقْنِعِي رُؤُوسِهِمْ لَا يَرْتَدُّ إِلَيْهِمْ طَرْفُهُمْ وَأَفْئِدَتُهُمْ hawa Rushing forth, heads raised, never blinking, hearts void. Right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a description of a day of uh, uh, uh of terror and of fear and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us that he is not unaware of what the wrongdoers are doing but he only delays them he gives them uh you know time and he and he and he gives them respite the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that in nallaha in nallaha yumli ilim fa i lam yuflethu that Allah gives respite to the wrongdoer in Allaha Yumli Lilim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives respite to the wrongdoer and then then when he seizes him he does not let him go so when we see people who are powerful and who are recognized as being oppressors or wrongdoers it should not confuse us that you know why is it that such and such person who is doing so much wrong who's causing so much pain and suffering and you know who who's who's such an uh, enemy to the truth you no know, how come you know they they get sick they don't get sick and when they get sick they get you know they recover fully and so on so it should not confuse us. But we should understand that this may be Allah's way of giving them chances after chances, and even blessing them with His favors to see if they choose to change, or whether they continue to increase in their wrongdoings. In the end, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the judge, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows best. Now, with regards to the believers, a man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and uh, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, or rather, a man. The hadith is that اللَّهِ الله so there's no mention of coming. There's a no mention of saying. So a man said to the Prophet ﷺ um, that al-amrad al-latī That why do we have to be stricken with disease? These diseases, these, these illnesses that strike us, you know, malana biha. Why, why do we have to be stricken with them? So the Prophet ﷺ said. Kafarat, that they are atonement Meaning for your sins So Bayyuh ibn Ka'b anhu was there And he said That even you know if it is not serious in, Even if it is minor So the Prophet Wasallam said That even if it is a thorn Even if it is a thorn It is an atonement For your Sayyidat, uh, for your sins It's a kafara for that Now there are many ahadith on the rewards for those who are afflicted by illness, for the believers who are inflicted by illness, there's, you know, chapters, almost every major hadith collection, there's numerous hadith that talk about, you know, the reward, the blessings uh, for those who are, uh, uh, who patiently persevere through illnesses, which of course are something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides for us, we don't get to choose and Allah azza wa Jalla is the one who decides through his wisdom and his complete wisdom and his complete knowledge. How he's going to test who, and as we've mentioned before, sometimes we may wonder, you know, why is Allah testing me or testing such and such person in this way? And the reality is, is that we don't really know, right? That's just the reality. We don't know because when it comes to exams and when it comes to tests, right, it is up to the examiner. It is up to the one who is conducting the test to 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 test according to how they decide best. And of course, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the greatest of all. When you go on a, to take a driving test, you're you know your your g your g2 driving test you don't know what the driving instructor is going to ask you to do right I mean yes he's not going to tell you to do anything illegal but or, or she's not going to ask you to do anything illegal but apart from that you don't really know what they're going to ask you to do how they you know wh- which route they're going to take you you may do some research and try to find out but at the end of the day you don't really know for sure right it's up to them to decide what questions they're going to ask or how they're going to ask you to or where you know they're going to what, what maneuvers they're going to make you do so the test is the right or the decision or the prerogative of the tester. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who tests. He has that, that sole authority with regards to our life, lives and our destiny. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides out of his complete knowledge and wisdom. And the real answer is we don't know why he chooses certain tests for certain people. But Allah knows best and Allah is the most fair and the most just. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not wrong anyone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not wrong anyone. He will never wrong anyone. And commit oppression against his creation, against his servants. So, in the end, there will be pure, true justice for everyone according to how they lived their lives and how, what circumstances they were faced with, and what struggles and tests they faced. Now, the Prophet ﷺ has also told us a, a hadith which gives us, you know, a lot of hope, especially for people who struggle through various illnesses and pain. That the Prophet said that on the day of resurrection, when people who have suffered afflictions are given their reward. On the day when the Ahlul Bala' are given their reward on the day of resurrection for the afflictions that they have suffered, yani in this world, in this dunya. Those who are uh, who are healthy, those who are well, Ahlul Afiyah, they will wish that their skins had been cut to pieces with scissors when they were in this world. When they were in this world, the people who are well, who are not facing struggles, who are living a comfortable, you know, uh, a relaxed life, When they see the reward that is given to those who were from the Ahlul Bala, those who were afflicted on the Day of Judgment, they will see the reward, the the tremendous reward. Those who were well will wish that they had gone through some hardships, like as if, you know, that their skins had been cut with scissors into pieces when they were in this world so that they could also receive that reward as well. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that we wish for sickness and difficulties or that it is permissible for us to harm ourselves. We've talked about self-harm. It is not permissible. But... What we know is that if it comes to it and we cannot stop the harm and the illness, then we know that there is some goodness in it despite all the pain and suffering. And it's not to minimize the pain and suffering, but it's to to have hope and hope and firm belief that as a result, as a consequence of patiently persevering through struggles and difficulties, which may be very severe, so there's no minimizing that, that there will be a great reward, inshallah, in reward for that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Cure all of our brothers and sisters who are in pain, who are suffering, and grant them the best of rewards in this world, and certainly in the hereafter. Amin. Now, of course, this pain and suffering can be psychological as well, right? It doesn't have to be caused by uh, by by physical ailments. Because Abu Sa'id al-Khudri anhu reported that the Prophet sallallahu said that well, it's a famous hadith. The translation of which is that whenever a Muslim is afflicted with a hardship, with a sickness. With the sadness, with worry, with harm, or depression, or even the pricking of a thorn, then Allah expiates their sins because of it, right? So this hadith gives hope, right, to those who may be going through such struggles, right, even if they are relatively minor, but they have discomfort, even the pricking of a thorn, subhanAllah. Like how 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 much pain does a pricking of a thorn cause, right? Like if a needle pricks you, yes, it may be, you know, painful for a bit, but you take it out and then that's it. But even that does not go unrewarded. Even that does not go unnoticed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even that gives you something in return in your, in your book of deeds. So um, uh, it gives great hope to those who are going through various struggles, but also the family members of those who are ill as well. Because let's face it, when a, a family member is sick, especially if it's your child, you, you know, has an illness or a, a disability, or perhaps you, it's your parents or your sibling, and, you know, the whole the entire family is worried and concerned, then of course, you know, you go through a lot of stress and anxiety and worry as well, right? Your family member is the one who's going through the actual pain and suffering. But, um, you know, the rest of the loved ones, they also, in many cases, will be going through a lot of concern as well. So know that there is a reward for every moment. So every moment of pain and suffering and anxiety and depression and and harm and worry that you go through, know that it is being noticed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is going to be written for you, and inshallah, you will have expiation of sins and perhaps even a greater reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for going and persevering through these challenges patiently. Now, subhanallah, when a believer is diagnosed with an illness, of course, one should try to find the treatment because a Bedouin said to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that, Should we not seek treatment? Shall we not seek treatment? Alana tadawa was the question he asked, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu And Rasulullah sallallahu said, na'am. He said, yes, O servants of Allah, ya Allah tadawa, seek treatment. And verily, he went on to say that Allah does not place a disease, but that he also places its treatment and its, uh, uh, its treatment or cure. Lam fa inna Allah lam shifa'an, qala except for one ailment so the prophet said that allah does not did not place a disease but that he has also placed his treatment or cure except for one ailment and they said ya rasulallah what is it and the prophet said Al-haram, old age right so that is one thing that a person is not able to reverse is not able to cure right it is something that is going to come to every single person to every single human being to whom allah gives life and of course it will come with its a natural effects more or less depending on the person but it is something which cannot be stopped but apart from that the prophet ﷺ told us that for all other ailments all other diseases allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also placed has also created and given its treatment or its cure now if no treatment is available and the illness is terminal or what we call terminal because remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the the, the 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 treatment for it except we have not discovered it at this point Human beings have not discovered it at this point, or, or the better way to say it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not uh, you know, made it apparent to the human beings at this point. Because when we find, when humanity finds cures, in reality, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is facilitating that process and making it possible for us to realize that such and such a cure exists that he has put. Because So the action of the human being is minimal. The reality, it's the guidance and the blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So... Uh, but what we do is we we refer to it as a terminal illness. Uh, if there's no apparent treatment available, of course that can be very difficult and challenging. right? There is no question that we have a, a loved one in that situation or when we are ourselves, may Allah protect us, find ourselves in that situation, then it can be very difficult, it can be very challenging, it can be a great struggle in many, many ways. May Allah protect us all and cure those who are going through these struggles. I mean, But in reality though, my brothers and sisters, think of it in a different way that it is actually an opportunity to repent and receive spiritual cleansing just before meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So many times people return to Allah azza wa jal in a state of sin, in a state of ghafla, in a state of heedlessness, in a state of, you know, in the course, in the middle of their lives without even thinking of death or even without even thinking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when a person is afflicted but with an illness, then it is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala almost is giving a pre-warning is giving them a warning from before that perhaps your time is to come. Perhaps you are not going to live for too long. So it is actually an opportunity for them to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the pain and the suffering and the, and the difficulty they go through. It is certainly a form of spiritual cleansing for the believer. So that when the believer, he or she, when they return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after a state of illness or during the course of an illness, then it is as if inshallah they will be returning. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a spiritually clean and pure slate. And when we look at it that way, even though it is still difficult, we can see that it can indeed be a blessing as well. It can actually be a blessing in disguise when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls one of his believers through illness. And who can be better than a believer who returns to Allah completely pure spiritually? Completely pure spiritually after having repented, after having been purified and, and having all the, the, the sins being atoned for and being forgiven and in that state allah, uh, allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la calls his servant back then that is certainly uh that can indeed be a great blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we again ask allah to cure all of our brothers and sisters who are ill and to grant direct entry to jannah to the highest levels of jannah to all of those who have passed away especially in the, in illness i mean now the prophet sallallahu wasallam also said that uh, as we mentioned and there's another narration uh this one in Sahih bukhari That Allah did not send down any disease, but that he also sent down the cure, as we have discussed. Now, Ibn Qayyam, rahimahullah, he said that this is generally true for diseases of the heart, the spirit, the body, and their cures. Now, the cure is there. Like I said, we may not know about it. So it is for us, human beings, to explore, to learn, to research, to make the effort. And inshaAllah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it apparent to us now when we talk about cures we must be clear that the cure is only and only from Allah the cure is only and only from Allah that the prophet sallallahu said that uh دوال, that for every uh, for for uh, every malady for every ailment, there is a uh, remedy that when the remedy is applied to the disease, then it is cured with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by, uh, with the permission of Allah azza wa jalla. Right? So the remedy is there, and when the remedy is applied, will it work or will it not work? That is through the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we learn from the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us very clearly, that if Allah and if Allah touches you with affliction, none can remove it but him. None can remove it but he. And if he touches you with good, then he is able to do all things. So the cure at the end of the day comes through the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we see this. So clearly, we see it. Some medications will work on some people. Some treatments work for some. Some same treatment, same medication does not work for others. Right? So, this is from the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Same thing with this illness, you know, COVID 19, other illnesses as well. You see, you know, some people are infected. Uh, you've heard of one case of a family, right? Not here, somewhere in, a, in another city. And all the family members got it, right? All the family members got infected except for one, except for one person. Same interaction, same everything. Well, one person just didn't get infected. How is that possible? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, Right? So we find some are affected, some are infected, Uh, you know, others are not. Some are asymptomatic, they don't show symptoms. Others, uh, you know, are, are, even though they are healthy, they have a severe effect. So um, if you read some of the cases, it's like people who are like perfectly healthy, like they're in their 30s, 40s, like, you know, someone who jogs, like they have good health and they're like eating healthy, everything, and then Boom. It comes and then they're like in the intensive care unit with like everyone else With like everyone else who was at high risk. SubhanAllah. Right? So it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We attribute it to, you know, oh, they had a maybe, a, you know, somebody had a healthy immune system. So that's why they were protected. Or maybe they had a low exposure compared to others. But the reality is, my brothers and sisters, that it is all up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But right? that's what it comes down to. Right? We could come up with different reasons and that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's because it's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wata'ala. Now Ibn qayyim Rahmahullah has mentioned that the fact the has mentioned the fact that Allah has sent cures is generally true, he says, for diseases of the heart, the spirit, the body, and their cures. Right? So meaning that regardless of the type of illness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the cures down. Okay, so this is not just physical ailments. So we learn from this that there are indeed spiritual illnesses, illnesses or ailments. There are mental illnesses. Apart from the bodily illnesses, and they are experts for each, and many times they may be linked as well. Because you see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us with three parts, right? Mind, body, soul. Mind, body, soul. And many times people recognize this, but what they don't realize is that they're all linked together. They're all linked together, right? Like you can't divide a person's body and mind and soul and separate them and, and treat them individually, right? Because at the end of the day, Right. Or, or rather look at them individually. I don't mean treat in a medical way, but, you know, you, like, you consider them to be separate the case because it's all linked. It's all part of one person. So there, there is an effect from one to the other. It's all interlinked. Right? So, for example, a person has weak self-control. OK, so this is could be attributed to, uh, you know, something to do with uh, psychology or, or like, you know, uh, it's it's related to one's mind. And also related, related to one's spirit. It has to do with the heart as well, the spiritual heart. And as a result, because this person doesn't have self-control, they end up eating too much, and now they have heart disease. Okay? So it's linked. It's linked together. Another person, for example, is not able to control their gaze. And they look at haram material, or they engage in haram activities. And now they have a problem in terms of uh, physically in their marriage. Right. So we have spiritual issue leading to, mental leading to, Physical or perhaps an inability to cope with the challenges or struggles of life, right? Perhaps a person is overwhelmed and this is, you know, could be uh, Partially maybe spiritual or perhaps psychological, perhaps both And then they end up turning to substance abuse So they start taking drugs, perhaps even alcohol Now of course it's haram, but people fall into it unfortunately, Muslims included And then they get addicted to it And now it has physical impacts, it has mental impacts, it has spiritual effects as well, right? Spiritual illnesses could end up leading to crisis in, in faith, right? We find this, that a person has, uh, uh, spiritually they are not well inside of their heart, their spiritual heart, their qalb is not well. And they, they end up with, you know, doubts, weaknesses in faith, or they have weakness in faith, or, you know, they, uh, they, uh, or their heart is also, you know, the seat of emotions. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ That we sent down the Qur'an as a healing and a mercy for the believers. And the word shifa is specifically mentioned here. right? Healing is a cure for the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِذَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ O oh humanity, O oh people! Indeed, there has come to you a warning from your Lord, referring to the Quran, a cure for what is in the hearts, وشفاء في السدور, right? A guide and a mercy for the believers. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, on at least a couple of occasions, if not more, has specifically linked, right? Specifically mentioned the Quran with cure, with shifa. So the Quran is an essential cure, especially for the illnesses of the spiritual heart. So when you talk about you know doubts and weakness in faith, especially that we find today. And also, you know, if you find ourselves uh, you know, it, it, with unstable emotions or uncontrolled emotions, things that have to do with the heart, then the Quran is definitely a cure when it comes to these things. So, my brothers and sisters, try to maintain a strong connection with the Quran, encourage it for your children as well. Do it yourself, encourage for your family members as well. Listen to the Quran, recite the Quran, reflect upon the Quran and do it regularly. Don't keep it as an afterthought. Make it a part of your routine. Make it a part of your schedule. And especially in the cases when you find your faith is starting to wander. You notice, you do a check and you notice that your faith is starting to suffer. It's starting to wander, starting to weaken. Or you feel emotionally unstable. You feel vulnerable. You feel that your emotions are, you know, starting to go out of control. Turn to the Quran. Now regarding the mental illnesses, back in the ninth century, Abu Zayd al balqi who was the first documented cognitive psychologist. He divided clinical mental health issues into two potential possibilities. So he said that they are the exogenous diseases, which are caused by environmental situations, caused by external factors. So they're not internal, but they're caused due to circumstances. So for example, stresses, right? Such as the loss of a loved one, death of a family member, loss of a job. And he said that these are to be treated because they're not internal, but they're caused by external factors they are to be primarily treated with talk therapy, right? Basically, you know, uh, counseling or talking to someone and, and you know, uh, talking to an expert who can help, you know, uh, uh, relieve that stress or, or guide a person and help them, uh, you know, deal with their with, with that situation. And secondly, he said, they are the endogenous diseases which are caused by internal biochemical variables. And they are to be treated through medicinal and, and herbal prescriptions, right? So he had back in the ninth century, Right? And that he had uh, already divided it in that way. And Masha'Allah, today we have an organization called the Khalil Center, which is doing great work in developing Islamically integrated psychotherapy. So if you if you yourself or someone you know is in, is in need of uh, help, of therapy, of counseling, uh, look up the Khalil Center, Google them. They do online sessions as well, uh, mainly in the U.S., uh, but they've set up now in Toronto as well. Uh, so look them up and, uh, you know, once they did this... Uh, uh muslim uh, mental health first responder training which alhamdulillah had the uh, the uh, the pleasure of and honor the good fortune of attending and this is where you know i got this information from and they created a, a great package as well so nonetheless the point is that when it comes to mental health you know our religion has great guidance that it offers over time there's great guidance with regards to mental health that has been developed and for that you know uh, uh we, we need that type of guidance uh you know when it comes to doing dhikr Prayers, exercise, volunteering. These are some of the things that can help us maintain good health. It can help us maintain good health, right? It may not be the cure to a mental illness, but it certainly helps us maintain good health. Regularly exercising, praying, doing zikr, volunteering, all of these things are known, right? They're shown, there are studies that show that they have a positive impact on good, on mental health. And also, I would say, proper understanding of aqidah. Proper understanding of aqidah and beliefs, especially when dealing with life problems and challenges, right? When dealing with the matters of the world that we interact with that, that affect us on a daily basis, having the proper approach, having the proper belief can also help us process those situations in a better way. Now, when it comes to the physical, there are also, of course, there's uh, prophetic medicine, right? The Prophet ﷺ had given certain, you know, prescriptions or certain advice with regard to a number of illnesses. Uh, And there's many books, subhanAllah, you know, once I went to the Islamic studies library at at McGill, you know, there's tons of books, volumes upon volumes that we can find on on like almost any subject related to Islam, but especially when it comes to this as well. Uh, Of course, we have other types of alternative medicine, you know, Chinese medicine, this, that, there's different things. And conventional medicines, uh, you know, uh, rely uh, or or go through a process of trials, right, and science to approve the treatments. Of course, in the US, you have the, the FDA, you have Health Canada here. Um, And uh, basically the types of medication that are approved are those that have the most likelihood of success with the least negative effects, right? So not every treatment, not every medication is approved. Those that are approved are generally those that have the most likelihood of success with the least negative impacts with the least side effects. But that does not mean that treatments that don't meet their criteria have no merit. Just because the medication is not approved by the FDA or by Health Canada, Right? Yes, they were going to say that perhaps it is not safe and you should be careful about taking it. And absolutely, obviously, I'm not a doctor or a pharmacist. So you should definitely get advice and be careful. But what I'm saying is that it doesn't necessarily mean that if something has not been approved or is not recognized by conventional medicine, that it has no merit. Right? It doesn't mean that. Um, so, you know, the uh, the point is that for any, any illness and ailment, first, we need proper diagnosis. Then we need correct treatment from the right experts or with the right experts now you might need some exploration and effort but know that the cure has been created by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all illness and all illnesses and it is a matter for us to find it uh, and it depends on the permission of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it work so my brothers and sisters have hope make lots of dua and be reassured that for every moment of pain of suffering of anxiety of concern there will be sins that will be wiped out and you will be rewarded, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala, let us make dua, Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka al-shukru kulluhu wa ilayka yurja'ul amru kulluhu ala niyatuhu wa sirruh, oh Allahumma laka alhamdu hatta wa walaka alhamdu idha wa walaka alhamdu ba'da rida Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim, Allah, we thank and praise you for all of your blessings, ya Rabbil alamin. O Allah, please grant relief to all of those who are experiencing distress and illness and anxiety and grief and depression and are suffering from any other, uh, other type of, of, of pain. O Allah, replace them with happiness and ease and cure them all, Ya Rabbal Alameen. O Allah, please remove trials and hardships from the lives of all of our brothers and sisters, Ya Rabbal Alamin. O Allah, please grant them strength to succeed through the trials of illness and the hardships of life, Ya Rabbal Alamin. O Allah, please protect our children, our youth, our teachers our doctors, all of those who are in schools, and hospitals, and on the front lines, uh, and all of us from all types of illnesses and harm, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Allah, please envelop us all in your unseen protection, Ya Rahman Rahimeen. Allah, please cure all of those who are ill and are facing hardships and struggles with regards to their health. Oh, Allah, our elder sister who is in pain and weakness. Wallah, oh, Allah, our brother and sister who are living with long-term pain and injuries. Wallah oh, Allah, our elder pioneers who have worked hard to serve your deen, to serve our community, to serve your creation who are ill, suffering from cancer and other illnesses, Brother Mumtaz, Brother Abdul Sattar and others, Oh Allah, all of those who are ill or who are injured, O oh Allah, you are the cure and the healer. Oh Allah, please grant them all the speedy and completely recovery. Ya Rahman rahimin Allahumma nas Adhib al Oh Allah please grant relief to our brothers and sisters around the world who have suffered or suffering through recent tragedies Oh Allah please remove their pain and repair their losses Ya Rabbala Alameen Oh Allah please remove the fear of those who are living in fear Oh Allah please remove the confusion of those who are living in confusion Oh Allah please remove the poverty of those who are living in poverty Oh Allah please remove the abuse of those who are living with abuse O oh Allah, please protect all of our brothers and sisters in faith and humanity all around the world, ya Rabbul Alameen. Allahumma khfir muslimin Aladina lazina shahidu Walina bil wahdaniya walinabiyyika Allah risale wa maatua ala thalik. Allahumma khfir lahum wa rahamhum wa aafihim wa aafu anhum wa akrim nuzulahum wa wasi'a matkalahum wa silhum bil min Allahumma inna nas'aluka al-afwa wal-afia fi wa اللهم أسبغ علينا لباس الصحة والعافية واجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا من الخاسرين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إننا نعوذ بك من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم إن نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إن نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار ذل الجلال والإكرام اللهم جعلنا من كل ضيق مخرجا ومن كل هم فرجا ومن كل بلاء عافية اللهم آمن روعاتنا واستر عوراتنا وأصلح نياتنا وذرياتنا وأحسن خواتمنا وأحسن خواتمنا واحفظنا من بين أيدينا ومن خلفنا when I وَعَنْ in وَمِنْ Anshama, Idina, Women Falkin, Ayaham Rahimin, Allah, whom a Habibin of Iman was a Yin Hufi Kulubina, Kari Hilain al Kufra, Wal Waja Allah, Minna Rashidin, Allah, اللهم اغفر لنا والإخوان الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم ألف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحد صفوفهم وأصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم على الحق يا رب العالمين اللهم أصلح المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظ وانصر إخواننا واخواتنا في كل مكان خصوصا في بورما وفي فلسطين وفي الصين وفي كشمير وفي الهند وفي سريلانكا وفي سوريا وفي العراق وفي اليمن وفي سومان وفي أفغانستان وفي سودان وفي كل مكان اللهم انصر المصدعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح بين يا رب العالمين ربنا اتقبل منا إنك أنت العليم يا مولانا إنك أنت Rahim, الرحيم وصلى الله محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يا أرحم الراحمين. Allah, them, naveだ, Allah From uh, all of us, my brothers and sisters, for those who have registered for Friday prayer, please come at your allotted time. Those who are staying at home, please offer four of Dhuhr prayer. May Allah known known I bless you all.